You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Please be joined by Peter King from MMQB.com. Peter, great to see you. Thanks so much for the time. Why don't we start with the teams that we're tracking here in West Virginia. What is your sense of how the Texans quarterback situation might play out? You know, uh, Brian, I think it's just a matter of time before Deshaun Watson plays and starts. But it's going to be all up to Tom Savage. He's been, uh, he hasn't been a durable player when given the opportunity. And, um, you know, he obviously hasn't shown enough uh, to be considered the long-term answer here. But, again, it's in his, it's in his hands. I, I would anticipate by, uh, you know, I'm just going to pick a date, by, by sometime in October that Watson, at the latest, I think Watson will be playing for this team. Yeah, and I, and I was having conversations with a few of the guys from the Houston Texans, and I was just basically saying that throughout Bill O'Brien's tenure there with the Houston Texans, he's never had as of a talented quarterback of a Deshaun Watson. So, of course, the, the Google eyes is going to be really, really big. But tell me the intangibles you see that will allow him to, even right now, if you're actually gauging it off of, what does he bring to the table to be the starter? Does it help advance this offense to a place that it hadn't been before because of the, of the, the carousel of quarterbacks they've had in the game over the years? Is he good enough to be the guy now if they chose to give him a chance to start come week one? You know, Cordell, I'm reminded of uh, when, J- when Jason Garrett of the Cowboys, this is maybe six or eight years ago, went to New York Yankees spring training because he wanted to have a conversation with Derek Jeter about leadership. And uh, uh, because at the time, Romo, he may not even admit it now, but I think, I, or Garrett, he may not even admit it now, but he was concerned that, that he didn't really have that vocal leader on offense. And he wanted to have a vocal leader. He thought that's what a football quarterback should be and all that. And I think... He went to talk to Jeter, and his whole mindset changed. His mindset went from, I need a holler guy at quarterback, to uh, when Jeter said, I don't basically say anything. I just, if you call it leadership, I just do it by how I act and how I play. And I think over time, we have gotten conditioned kind of in the media and in the public to say, you got to be Vince Lombardi. You got to be, uh, you know, you got to be yelling and screaming or, or doing something, and that's leadership. And a lot of times, leadership, I think, is just the simple act of showing everybody on your teammates that this is how I do it, and I'm really successful doing this. And in a playing sense, I think with Watson, you know, all I know is that there's one person who's ever resided on planet Earth who has played a Nick Saban defense and twice thrown over 400 yards, and that would be Deshaun Watson. So I view him as I understand that there is an adjustment period, but when Deshaun Watson walked into this team and talking to guys in Houston, one of the things they've been really impressed with is that he hasn't basically said anything. He's just gone to work, come out here every day, and just proven he belongs. And I think with players, you know, you were one. With players, that's what works. Not what you say, but what you do, you know. 
And Dabo Sweeney raved about the leadership while he was the quarterback at Clemson. Taking you around the league with Peter King from MMQB.com. Peter, for years we've been reading one of your staples in print, things you think you think. So if we're thinking about things we might think, is it outlandish to talk about this Patriots team potentially going undefeated? Outlandish, yes, but impossible, no. I, I, I mean, Bill Polian said something, and I know everybody in New England views him as uh, the arch enemy, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Bill Polian said something I totally agree. He said the Patriots aren't unbeatable. They were down by 25 points in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. How can you say they're unbeatable and they're a cinch to win another Super Bowl? I mean, look, the Patriots are the favorite to win a Super Bowl because Brady is Brady and uh, he's 40 going on 26. Right. But having said that, what I think when I look at this, this Patriots team is that there are some, uh, there are some little scars that you wonder if they're going to be able to fix. Are they going to get enough pass rush? Are they going to hold up in coverage? I mean, Stephon Gilmore has been hurt a lot. So he comes over from Buffalo, and I think, look, all the arrows for New England are pointing in a positive direction. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, there's a lot of teams, including this one out here that we're watching right now. J.J. Watt coming back to the number one defense in football. Imagine if the Houston Texans go from D-minus quarterback play to be quarterback play if they do i mean how is it possible that the houston texans could win 13 yes uh you know i'm kind of a tennessee titans guy so as is far cordell as start. mike malarkey and, and cordell yeah. go back to pittsburgh yeah. and and i you know i think tennessee's going to be good but i i just i think it's too it's too easy to say to crown the patriots because they've won the super bowl two of the last three years I mean, look. I mean, the Steelers, Steelers are even coming up when they get Martavis Bryant back. No question. I mean, you get A.B. No his question. new deal. Now you just need Le'Veon Bell to sign his franchise tag uh, and, and be able to come back and play. And the fact is, honestly, I think this is year three for Keith Butler on defense. And to me, I think that that, that defensive unit really likes Keith Butler. I mean, they revered Dick LeBeau. You know that. And they revered Dick LeBeau, but right now, in my opinion, the way I look at their team, I think that you're absolutely right. This is a team that has a lot of advantages going into the season, one of which is how's anybody going to stop that offense? Peter, when, when watching these practices, and, I, and I'm watching Tom Brady connect with one of his receivers, and just, and just correct me if I'm wrong, I know the game is about being efficient, uh, especially with the quarterbacks, but just overall as a team, is it that much of a separation between the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots? Because this team, when it comes to defensive preparation, when it comes to offense, when it comes down to their drills, they're just so efficient across the board to the point where we're watching the Texans, while they're a good football team, is it okay for me to say is that big of a separation between a team that won a championship and a team that's trying to figure it out? I don't think there's that big a separation. It's all at quarterback. I mean, but, you know, we're standing there watching it right now. And, look, I, I – you know, what is such a treat, you go from training camp to training camp, and, you know, it's incredible that here we are on a beautiful Thursday in southern West Virginia, or Wednesday, rather, in southern West Virginia. There's J.J. Watt trying to get around Marcus Cannon around the end, and here's Tom Brady uh, throwing passes. I mean, you know, I, I, it's funny. I asked Bill O'Brien yesterday. I said, he's a football historian, and I said to him, uh, I said, Bill, we did a 
a draft at the MMQB this offseason, an all-time history draft. And we had Gil Brandt and Ron Wolf and Ernie Accorsi and, and uh, Gil Brandt. And we had a bunch of great old general manager types drafting people. And I said, so, and I said, Lawrence Taylor was the first pick overall. I said, if you had the first pick overall, who would you take? And I should have said, you know, your present team not included, but he just answered very quickly. He says, J.J. Watt. Wow. Who's ever been able to do the things he's done on the defensive line? But we're watching J.J. Watt, and we're all reminded that this team last year, the Houston Texans, were the number one defense in football. And now, you know, they seemingly are, are healthy coming back, and here is J.J. Watt. Uh, and O'Brien said, I think he's going to be every bit as good as he was before he got hurt. If that happens, we might be seeing, I'm not saying a historic defense, we're going to see a state-of-the-art defense if J.J. Watt can last 16 games and he comes back and his back is, is fully healthy. And Watt, the runner-up to Aaron Rodgers in the MVP, pouting a few years ago when he also had the five touchdowns scored. Only two defensive players, correct? Alan Page and Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, Taylor have won yeah. the MVP over the modern era of our league, taking you around the NFL with Peter King from MMQB.com. Peter, it's challenging to talk about the Ezekiel Elliott case because of the severity of the allegations. But from a football standpoint, there are a lot of layers. Why don't we start with Jerry Jones' effectively declining comment yesterday. What does that tell you? I think Jerry Jones wants to make sure that uh, if he does say something about it, and uh, you know, I reached out and could not get him over the weekend. If Jerry Jones does say something about it, he wants to make sure that a, it's prudent, it's well thought out, and it doesn't hurt Elliott's chances of beating this suspension. Jerry Jones feels like Ezekiel Elliott was wronged. He feels exactly like Robert Kraft felt when Tom Brady got suspended, which is there isn't enough evidence to convict my player. And I can tell you that I think there's so many similarities. Obviously, it's totally different. Doctoring footballs, abusing women, both allegedly. Um, but I think that what we're seeing right now, at least in my opinion, I think we're seeing a guy who's probably doing the right thing and no commenting this at this point. When you see something like this happen to a team like the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, it, did, it didn't just start happening when it comes to guys just being undisciplined. Let's use that word, undisciplined. Uh, you think that's affected this team uh, in some capacity over the years from actually getting to the next level uh, because their attention was drawn somewhere else, whether it be for the obvious things. The Cowboys, you know, Cordell, you, I mean, you know this. You, you've been involved in the game that, so often the Dallas Cowboys have had distractions. Now, a lot of people think that distractions cause losses and they really kind of screw you up. Um, and I kind of wonder about that. I wonder how much that actually impacts what happens on the field. You want everything to be quiet. You want everybody to always be in line. You look at the Patriots. Yeah. They're... 99% of the last 17 years, nobody with the Patriots steps out of line. You know, they just don't do it. And so, and you see, see the Patriots win that way, but I've seen a lot of teams with mayhem win too in all sports. So I don't think that that's that big a deal, but I do think Jason Garrett has told Ezekiel Elliott this offseason, look, you can be LeBron. 
You can be a guy who makes $200 million off the field if you want, if you play your cards right. Or you could be a guy who makes a million dollars off the field and blows his opportunity. It's up to you. Uh, Look, the Cowboys are worried about Ezekiel Elliott. No question about it. Whether or not he gets his suspension reduced or eliminated, I think that doesn't change the fact that the Dallas Cowboys believe that uh, Ezekiel Elliott has to settle down. And so we'll see if he can. With the notion it's a pattern of troubling behavior. Right. Peter, last one for me. So we have the Texans and the Patriots on the practice field to our left. So let's continue to talk about the AFC South. How concerned should fans listening in Indy be that here we are in the second week of August, Andrew Luck still on the physically unable to perform list coming back from the shoulder injury? I mean, he might miss a game or two. It's, it's, I was there the other day, and uh, but I don't think there is a soul in that organization who believes that He's going to miss more than a couple of games. And I think this is all about one thing with Andrew Luck. Honestly, he hasn't been right for almost for like a year and a half. His shoulder has bothered him and prevented him from being the true Andrew Luck for quite a while. And so all the general manager of this team, Chris Ballard, the head coach, is that it, all these guys and all Andrew Luck has, 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 have asked the doctors is, we want to know what he has to do to eliminate this from being a consideration. We want to get him back absolutely, totally healthy. Tell us how to do this. So that's what they've been told. That's why he hasn't been practicing. And that's why he might miss. I think the over-under, if I were to, get, if I were to go to Vegas right now and do the over-under on number of starts for Andrew Luck, I'd put it at 15. You think he'll be effective? Because here's the yes. thing. Naturally, the quarterback gets fatigues arms all the time. Like right now in camp, that's why you have so many quarterbacks. But Cordell, he's throw, he is throwing he the is. ball. He's throwing the ball. He's just not throwing where anybody can see okay. him. Okay, okay. You know, okay. he's throwing the ball uh, as part of his rehab. Got and it. I'm not saying he's throwing the ball in anger mm-hmm. or or he's or he's you know he's really yeah he's what really stressing context. out his arm. Gotcha. But he's he's not. It's not like he's going to show up in week three and start throwing the football for the first time. Right. I mean, he's getting. He's doing it right now in the little indoor facility at the Indianapolis Colts training facility. Okay. Yeah. Peter, thanks so much for being so generous with your time. We love the website, and it's great to meet you pleasure. again in person. Thanks so much, Peter guys. King, MMQB.com. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart, live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.